whether you eat or drink. Whatever you do. 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 Or whatever you do. Do all to the glory of God. Welcome to Whatever You Do. I'm Danny. And I'm Abby. We're just best friends trying to figure out how to bring glory to God in whatever you do. trying a new thing we're trying to facebook live Us? and record our normal weekly episode we are looking at screens <laughs> <laughs> we don't I, even know why we're doing this literally this ha- came about two hours ago yeah i said we can't do another episode for recording a podcast like we did last week because it was so it was bad bad that i said much better this week than i would last week oh we didn't pray (gasps) guys we're gonna need to take a time out and come back and what are we gonna do we'll just can we just pray while we record yeah i guess so we're all so thrown off we always pray every time before and i feel like we can't I, I now, now it looks like we're connected. trying to just be like, hold on, why don't you pray with us? <laughs> but but really, really, I feel like... I don't know how to stop this and start it again, so I feel like we have to just... Well, here we go. All right, go ahead. God, we thank you for this idea that you apparently put into Abby's head jokingly and were taken off with it. God, we thank you for this time that you've set... Aside in this week for us to be able to come together and do this, I thank you for Abby's diligence in getting things packed and ready for her trip this weekend so that we can have this time together tonight. And I just pray that we would talk about things that would be helpful and encouraging and that this would be for your glory. Amen. Amen. So, yeah, we. I said to you, let's not even record if we're not going to have something to talk about Mm -hmm. because I just really didn't want to give you guys what we gave you last week. So I jokingly said like, or, oh, because last week someone suggested a topic for us to talk about, which was like meal planning for a large family or something like that. And so looking at my phone right now. But I said when when we were talking about that idea, I was like, that feels like an idea that's really hard to talk about unless it's like a video. Right. And we're also somehow awkwardly also making like a YouTube channel. So maybe we we have one video. We made a video for our YouTube channel. Yes. So taken some footage for more. Yeah. So I jokingly said, like, we'd have to do, like, a Facebook Live to talk about that topic. And then you were like, okay. And you- well, no, because we knew we weren't going to really do a Facebook Live to, to talk about that. So there was more conversation about, well, we could just do a Facebook Live of us doing our podcast. Yeah, I don't know how we got to want to talk about postpartum, though. Didn't you say that at one point? I don't know. You were throwing out ideas apparently that you weren't. I don't even remember. Um, The fact that Danny went on and even made a post about this. I'm not usually the proactive one. No, not at all. So here we are. And we thought we would talk tonight about postpartum. And also, if anyone ever watching has any remarks or questions or anything, we're going to. Oh, Trillene is watching. Hi, Hi Trillene. <laughs> this is going to be so awkward for the people who are listening to this. We don't hey, know what we're doing. They don't. They can just deal with it. If they wanted to watch it live, get called out, shout outs, <laughs> they can listen in two weeks and still enjoy this <laughs> segment. All right. So what are we going to talk about? Well... I do feel like we have a lot of moms in our lives right now who are just having babies. And about to. Yeah. There's, there's like a huge August, a September wave. 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 Moms. And I think I'm kind of reminded that I have made a huge shift in my postpartum experience. Yeah. Way bigger than some people 
Yes, way bigger than I made, for sure. Because I went from kind of one extreme to a yes. different extreme. Um, and I still don't know quite. I think I'm. I think I like where I've landed on the other end. I don't think either of us feel like we've arrived with knowing no. exactly what but we're supposed I do to do. Think that overall in culture, in our culture, in our culture, it is seen as somewhat uh, super momish to be able to have a baby and then act like jump back into normal life immediately. Are we supposed to look at each other? I don't or know. Are we supposed to look at them? I'm just gonna look at you. You keep looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah. Jump back into normal life. That if you can do that, the faster you can jump back into normal life, the fastest faster you can look right normal. And even take it one step further, I feel like it's even seen as like what are you, why would you need more help because especially generations before us like well when I was having kids I just had to like go on caring for my kids and go back to work the next day like it feels like this like level of like we don't want to serve each other because we all know it's hard in a hard transition but we and there's times like if you have a c-section then I think people are more quick to say sure Mm -hmm. oh well they had surgery which is very true yeah i'm not saying i'm not diminishing it is major surgery i just think you should be resting and take some time to heal even when you haven't had Mm -hmm. a major surgery and there are some people who have c-sections and don't really rest and don't really take the time to heal right Um, and why does that matter if you, if you feel like you can just bounce back to normal life immediately, why shouldn't you? I think that birth encompasses a lot of... There's so many different uh, things going on within your body when you give birth. Mm-hmm. That it's not just about, like, if you tore or if, like... You've gone through a major physical event, but you're also going through like some huge hormonal shifts and mm-hmm. some really big emotional events and a really big life transition. Yeah. And you're getting to know this new little person who's in your family. Mm-hmm. And I think there's just time that needs to be poured into doing those things mm-hmm. if possible. Um, I think when we skip over that time and just try to plow on like everything, like nothing happened, we're just doing ourselves and our babies and our families even a disservice of not being able to acknowledge the time for what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, Aside from just, I think it is important to heal physically. I think that um, your organs are kind of out of place and your bones are out of place and um, and not to mention, you're also like learning with this specific baby. Even if you've nursed before, you're learning with this specific baby how to do that. And that baby's learning how to do that. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's important to remember that your baby has been inside of you for nine months, and that's the only home that baby has known. And so every sound that's amplified, that's different and new. Mm-hmm. Um, all the different smells, the adjusting to light, all these different things. How someone holds a baby, the baby feels a difference mm-hmm. in the person's hands and in the right. person's smells and all of that. And that's all good. That Those are good things. But it's a lot for a baby to be learning. Yeah. That's a lot of processing a baby is going through. Right. And the closer the baby can be to mom and the more gently those introductions can happen I think is helpful for a baby. Can yeah. they their babies are super resilient. They're very adaptable. Mm-hmm. So am I saying that you like have to that a baby you're you're somehow abusing a baby or something if they don't have that time right. with their mom. No. But I do think it's kind of just the natural way that it was all created to work Mm -hmm. would be that you are going to be close to your baby you're going to have that baby 
on you, skin to skin. You're gonna I mean you're gonna be encouraging your milk to come in. Right. And even the physical aspect of like having your baby on you, having your baby skin to skin, having your baby close, resting, all of those things help facilitate the hormonal shifts that need to take place to have your milk come in, to have your uterus um, contract and clamp down to help with the bleeding and all of the, all the process in which God created birth to work with the hormones and everything that needs to go together also takes place in the postpartum period right. and is really important and crucial, especially those first few days when there is a ton of things shifting and changing with your hormones. Right. Yeah. And I know from my experience with my first several babies and not taking it easy at the beginning. So explain more what your uh, what your time period was like in, with your first few kids of postpartum. Really, until I met you, I feel like you were yeah. doing this. So your first five kids? Five births. Five births, yes. It was, yeah, six kids. Okay. So what did that, what did, how did you treat the postpartum time and how did you view that time? Um, so things like with my first baby, I Hi, Ashley. had some tearing and stitches, mm-hmm. and yet I remember taking her and doing a half day of work in the office that I had um, like left work. I was going to transition over to working at home, mm-hmm. but I had things that I hadn't finished doing. I went when she was 10 days old and like took her for several hours mm-hmm. to... Um, I'm pretty sure, let's see, I took her at nine days old to church for the first time. So the only reason I hadn't gone to church right the first Sunday after she was, she was born on a Friday. So I didn't make it to church two days later when I was still in the hospital. Mm-hmm. But I went to church the next Sunday and I wasn't ready to do those things. Mm-hmm. I was excited to show my baby off. I. I I mean, that was a huge part of it for me. And I think there's also this part of like, especially when it's your first kid, but every time you're, you're excited to try to figure out what your new normal is. Right. And it's hard to be in this limbo of like knowing you can't stay in bed for the rest of your life with your baby. Right. But also wanting to just get into a good groove and a good routine that it's easy to try to jump back to things prematurely. Right. So... Um, yeah, I remember being five weeks out from having her and trying to give Chip a haircut and having to go lay down like multiple times because of like pain and uh, like where my stitches were Mm -hmm. and like feeling lightheaded and I mean, yeah, so that was my first baby. And then my second baby, I didn't have any tearing. I didn't have any stitches. And I felt great comparatively, you know? Yeah. And so that felt even more like... I honestly don't remember a lot about what... I don't think I did a lot. It was like July 29th. So that's kind of when you're trying to stay inside because it's really hot. Mm-hmm. I think when he was a couple weeks old, I took the two of them. So Kenzie was like 16 months old and he was a newborn and I took them to some party myself. But that was, I think he was two weeks old. So I don't know what we did the first two weeks. Yeah. Oh, I know. I got the stomach flu when he was six days old. (laughs) Oh. So that kind of put a wrench in trying to be very normal. And at this point... uh how much time did Chip take off after you uh, had Maybe kids? a week. Okay. A week, yeah. Total, including the hospital time and everything. So. Okay, so he... But I think I only stayed in the hospital for 24 hours with Raikin. Okay. So, after he was born. Um, but by the time they were a week old, he's he, before maybe before that, he was back at work. Um, then I had the twins... That was probably my most laid back postpartum of my births that you didn't know me because I was forced literally to, I I had two newborns who were born at 35 and a half weeks. So nursing them was like, just getting them to latch was a chore. Like 
I would just sit there and like latch one baby, latch the other baby. Now this one's fallen off. I'm latching this baby. And I'm, mm-hmm. and I just, I, that's what I feel like the first, the first, I was in the hospital for two days and then we got home and my parents took Kenzie and Riken for a couple of nights. And I, the first night at home, I just remember like, I was just nursing a baby and then handing a baby. Oh. Handing a baby to Chip, and he was like changing their diaper and burping them, and handing like, and we were just like, I didn't even know like which baby I was, yeah, doing anything with, and was like trying to keep notes, and was just like, ah, I don't even know who you are because you guys look alike. (laughs) So, we left their hospital bands on them literally because I was like, I don't know how I'm gonna know who is who. One of my babies is which. Um, and then around two weeks old, Emery started getting his freckle on his elbow. And I was like, thank you, God, for giving me a helpful... That helps me still. Um, who's saying hey? Oh. Jessica wants to know, Jessica's newly postpartum also, how long do we wait until we exercise? Hmm. Define exercise. Yeah. <laughs> like... Working out, doing like Mutu or something. This is the soonest I've ever exercised. <laughs> so I was really bad about that with my some of these first ones. I mean, I'm not sure how early, but about as early as I could. I know with the twins, I have yeah. pictures of me putting all four of my kids in a quadruple stroller when they were one month old and taking them on walks. The mm-hmm. stroller itself weighed 60 pounds, and then you added all the kids. Yeah. So I didn't take it super easy. I I feel like by around four weeks postpartum, especially if you've been active up before you've had the baby, if you don't have, if you didn't have any tearing, if your mm-hmm. bleeding has subsided, if you're feeling pretty good, I think a gentle, I think going on walks, um, if you were like a runner who was still running miles when you gave birth or something and like going on a mile. At job, what, how far postpartum? I'd say four weeks I would feel comfortable with. Mm-hmm. I don't think you have to wait the full six weeks if you're... Yeah, I think, it honestly, there is no, like, hard and fast rules. I do think doing much before four weeks is not a good idea, even if you feel great. Mm-hmm. I think... Yeah. I think four weeks. That hasn't been my experience as far as, like, I tend to have longer recovery times. Right. This is in, why I'm answering it from the perspective yes. of somebody who's like a go get em eager beaver. Like, yes. I'm one week postpartum and, and I'm, I'm going like, to go for a jog. Barely like, emerging out of my bedroom at one moment. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, I think that, I think it's great if you aren't, if you're more like on Abby's side of things. Mm-hmm. I think it is, I, I think it is good for like a gentle yes. thing mm-hmm. to start around This time I think I started eight weeks. working out like a workout program at eight weeks. But and I think I, we were doing like walks and things yeah. before that. Yeah. I think that's actually good for you if you can, if you're not like the working out type, but I do think there's some benefit to being active mm-hmm. um, if you can muster that up. Yeah, but for sure. It's definitely not something to idolize and cling oh, Nicoletta to. Nicoletta is asking us lots of good questions. Um, when, did when did we, we both meet? meet and how many kids did you have when you met is her question. We met oh, in... We need to talk about this again. We did do a whole episode on this. Way at the beginning. Yeah, a long, long time ago. But um, let's see. I know it was in like... Like, right when Titus was, like, a few weeks old, right? It was January. Well, we got together in January. He was, like, six weeks old. Yeah. It was at the end of January then. You When did you find out you were pregnant with Sayla? Beginning of January. So, it, had, it was after you announced it. Yeah. So... So, the end of January of 2014 was when we first got together, and I was, at that point, still doing active, very full doula work and attending births and Danny had just had baby number six. six. You had two kids. And I had two kids at the time. Newly pregnant with Sayla. I remember attending some births when I was newly pregnant with Sayla and thinking, yeah, I don't think I can like 
do this anymore with the level of kids I have. But I remember like coming to your house and talking oh, to you about doula work. Yes, I thought not you kids. Meant, no, I can't give birth. No, I meant doing doula work because I was doing it like five births a month. And it was just, I remember coming to your house though and talking to you about your birth experience with Titus and what that was like. Mm -hmm. And so that is how many kids we have. And Titus was at two months old. It had to have been before he was two months old because on his two month birthday was when we took him to Cardin's with the... Original coronavirus. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He had a coronavirus, not the COVID-19 coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Um, and you brought me... You and Tim went out on a date night and you brought me... Oils uh, and... Yeah, the diffuser. Yeah. I didn't have a diffuser and you dropped one off for me yep. at Gardens. That was super sweet. But we had literally only, I think, gotten together that one time. Yeah. Oh, Hopefully that's still... What did that say? It was my Facebook time limit. I have like a... Oh, I Sorry for that. Hopefully it's still working, but I have like a... It like shuts off Facebook after I've been on it for a certain amount of time. Yeah, it's looking... So. Are we still there? Maybe. That's... Well, that was... That's how I refresh mine. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Anyway, I think we're... Yeah, it looks like... Comment if you can still see us so we know we're not talking to no one. It still, still says we're live. Okay. Um, yeah. So, I... Why we're was there... We're kind of getting, like... Are we going back to postpartum? Or yeah, I was going to ask why... <laughs> so, my big shift. Why was there a shift? Well, yeah. so, those don't sound that crazy, but by... I almost got crazier, I think... Oh. Hopefully you guys can still see us. If not, the people on there can hear us when they listen to this later. Mm -hmm. We don't know what we're doing. Yeah. I'm not even sure why we're doing this. Comment so we know if you're there. We see that there's people. Um... I got a little crazier as time went on, and by the time I had Brinley... She was, like, my super crazy... So, there was definitely an element of the fact that I, um, I... She was my first baby that I didn't have an epidural. Oh, there's people. Yeah. All right. We're good. We're on. Your sister. Hello. Hi, Cassie. Some other friends. Hey, Chelsea. So, okay. So, um... How are you crazy with Brinley? She was my first baby that I didn't have any pain medication for my birth. Mm -hmm. And I felt great after, like right after. I got, I remember giving birth to her and then they took me to my recovery room. And I remember like, like kind of jumping on the bed, like cross-legged. And the nurse was like... Um, I feel like I still watch you do that, those things after birth, and I'm... I know, but I'm saying, like, I just... That's not how I felt after I had epidurals, when I couldn't even, like, move my legs. But after you've had your other natural... Like, uh, your other kids without epidurals, that's how you act. I feel like... I know. I but, watch you move around. But what I'm saying is, I was so excited about that I just felt so normal. Okay. Mm-hmm. That, like, within... I had her at... 2.45 in the morning, and by the time Chip brought my kids at 9.30 or 10 in the morning, I had gotten up and showered and gotten dressed and straightened my hair. Mm. Which, <laughs> like, but I was just so like, what? I didn't know I could feel like I can move after I have a baby. Yeah. Like, I feel great. This is wonderful. And I've so, never felt that in any of my six children. Um, <laughs> So my parents still took Kenzie and Riken, I think, after she was born for uh-huh. a couple of nights, and we had the twins with us. I stayed in the hospital one night, um, left in the morning. So I had her early in the morning on Tuesday, like two in the morning on Tuesday morning. Uh-huh. Stayed there Tuesday night, and then Wednesday I got out of the hospital, and I was like, "Let's go to Reach Group tonight." Like we don't have to stay the whole time, but or not Reach Group. It was, it was just a small, small group. group. Mm-hmm. Let's go to our small group and. That'll be fun. So we packed up my... Oh, I didn't know this. Yeah. 
Yeah, we went. I knew about Ikea, but I didn't know you went to your small group the day you got out of the hospital. Mm -hmm. Ew. Yeah, like 36 hours postpartum. I. What did people there say to you? They were like, wow, we're so surprised. We didn't expect you. You just had your baby yesterday. I can't believe you're here. Did anyone tell you, like, maybe you should be home resting? Not, Not in a way that made me feel like they really. Thought you should be? Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't think we stayed the whole time. <laughs> Chelsea said, Abby's face when you said you showered and straightened your hair. Just so just so people know, maybe Danny's the normal one and I'm not the normal one. But I can, like, barely walk after birth because I feel all of my insides sloshing around. And, like, I definitely... Even peeing feels like an Olympic sport after birth. So the fact that you would get up and like shower and straighten your hair and then want to go to retroop like makes me physically nauseous because there's like maybe at like a month postpartum. <laughs> it's just not. Right. My so body I'm does not. I'm not sure how or why that's how. I, we've talked about that for sure there's some level of of a hormonal thing. I, I'm positive yes, that yes, like we have the adrenaline and my extrovertedness just takes over right. a lot mm-hmm. and I just am like ready to go. So yeah, we got the kids back a day or two later and then I went to... It was Costco four days postpartum with our whole family, and then Ikea six days postpartum. And I didn't, I don't remember hitting a super bad wall with Brinley. I don't feel like any of that was really good for me, but I don't remember hitting like an emotional breakdown at any point after mm-hmm. with her. Titus was the one that really just. I mean, that one was, like, even amped up even more mm-hmm. because with him, had him on December 20th, got out of the hospital on December 21st, I made a whole bunch of cinnamon rolls, like, like eight dozen, ten dozen cinnamon rolls on December 22nd. I had... My whole family come up from Tucson on December 23rd, and we kept things simple. We, like, got Subway sandwiches, and I mostly sat on the couch sometimes. <laughs> um, like, everyone else made sure that I wasn't responsible to, like, clean everything up afterwards yeah. and stuff like that. But we still had 25 people or something like that at our house. On December 23rd, and then on December 24th, we went to Chip's Grandma's for our normal Christmas Eve. On December 25th, we did a normal Christmas day with all of our family, and then Chip had a bunch of extended family come into town, and we had five of his cousins stay at our house with us mm-hmm. um, for a whole week. And then the day they left was the day Chip went back to work. He took a little bit of extra time off that time, only because it was Christmas time, mm-hmm. and... So he went back to work the day that everybody left. And I was then home with six kids. Let's see. Is Kenzie six? I think she was six when Titus was born. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's so when we kids, became... Six and under. That's when we became friends. Was... After in that birth was one of my easiest physically, but that was your last hospital birth, <clears throat> Titus. But it was working against like working through everything I was working through mentally was yeah. like it was a super weird birth to process through. I didn't understand why I had such horrible feelings about it when it went like really straightforward and mm-hmm. well. Um, so yeah. I definitely hit kind of a wall after that. So then I decided I was going to really rest after Archer, my next baby. Right. And that was your first home birth. Mm -hmm. That was my first pregnancy, knowing you and being friends with you. Mm -hmm. So me resting a lot meant that I stayed in bed for like two days 
and by day four, I took all seven of my kids to Bible study at eight in the morning, which I'm like, I've changed now so much since then that saying these things out loud, I'm like, what was I doing? What was Mm -hmm. I thinking? What? And even there, nobody, people were surprised to see me, but it was almost like that surprise wasn't, it was like a good surprise. Right. It's almost like a, wow, you really can just like get your life together and you're like, and like super mom. And to see these like brand new little babies and mm-hmm. like, I can't believe you're here, but it was not in a like, mm-hmm. you really need to be taking care of your body and you shouldn't be here. It was why? never. Why does like, why shouldn't you be there? Like, so this was so your experience. The, so everything but. that we, that I talked about at the beginning of, like, when you think about everything you're putting on your body mm-hmm. and on your baby. So the problem is you don't know you're doing too much either until you've done too much. Yeah. And so for sure. you can feel great and you can think you're totally up for something, but you're probably going to pay for it later on afterwards. Mm-hmm. And that can be seen by your bleeding is almost done and then you like have a busy day and suddenly you your bleeding has increased a ton. You just you, don't you feel have mastitis. Well. Yeah. <laughs> sick in bed. Yeah. You can just I don't know. It's it's just not the place that everything your baby's needing to transition to life and mm-hmm. being out in a place with a whole bunch of people and not just uh, even so your milk doesn't usually come in until day three right at the earliest usually and so not only is your baby trying to learn to nurse but i mean they're just barely even getting to the point of having milk so when you're you're now, like, so the example of me at Bible study. So now I'm at a Bible study with my brand new baby who doesn't know what he's doing. And I've got on, like, nursing bras and layers of clothing. And mm-hmm. I'm trying to, like, undo and stay covered. And, like, the chances that that baby is going to get a full feeding and accessibility to nurse in the way that they would if you were at home in your bed with like a nursing gown on or Mm -hmm. completely nothing on if that's easier you know it depends on what kids are going to be coming in or whatever um what you're wearing but you're probably not going to be wearing the same thing out at bible study as you would Mm -hmm. be in your room right um and so i just think it's it's none of these one issues like it's not just about the nursing and the bonding it's not just about your body and taking care of your body it's not just about protecting yourself like emotionally Mm -hmm. it's it's just a really big event that Mm -hmm. there's so many aspects that go into it that even if it's hard to tell yourself to stop and slow down and Mm -hmm. it might not be what you're wanting to do it still is really the best place. So if that's what we know, I feel like as women, we're very like practically example minded. How is the next question is like, we talk about the importance of this. Then the next question is like, how do you possibly do that? And rest when you have the number of kids that you have, your husband has to go back to work, all of those things. Right. And I would first want to preface this by saying your specific plan that you come up with, I think that that's like the foundation of what you need to know about what's happening in your postpartum period is, is what we were just explaining. But the practical aspect of how this looks for your family really needs to be something that you are talking out with your husband and deciding mm-hmm. all of the different facets, how many other kids you have, how much time your husband can take off of what this actually looks like. We can give examples of our experiences and how this is like changed in what this looks like for us. But even our two experiences are, are different. Right. Um, but I think that it's important to note that like we're not 
we're not saying that the healthiest, right, best way to do your postpartum is to Means just that you have to do a herbal sits bath twice every a day. day and follow the exact protocol that Abby and Danny no, set up. Not at all. It's more I think it's more being intentional and taking time to plan out for it as best as you can mm-hmm. and using the resources that you have. Um, some people have more ability to Mm-hmm. different resources than others but that doesn't mean you can't still intentionally yeah. work with what you do have around and you and you you come but, up with the plan but it's but the really mindset really that you have going into it is a huge motivating factor of how your postpartum is going to go right no matter what you have or don't have and you can learn about these things and you can change your mindset on them but it's really important that you communicate with your husband about these things because especially if you've done it differently in previous births he's not going to know that you suddenly have decided you want to stay in bed and rest more and he's going to not have any clue that that's what you've decided and it's just going to lead to like unmet expectations struggles in communication and so it's really important that you figure out your postpartum plan together and figure out what makes the most sense for your family together so that you're both totally on the same page what do you do when you're if your husband isn't on the same page and doesn't have like you express your expectations like that you really think it's important yeah um i think it's really important to help them understand this process and what like physically emotionally takes place and explain like what where you're coming from but ultimately i feel like your husband is still the head of your house and and is going to need to lead these times also in figuring out what it looks like practically for your family but i definitely think it's something that needs to be talked out and discussed and do you think it would be out of line to request like if they're saying like no I just don't think that this is really practical I'm gonna need you to like we really need to keep our house running the way that we normally do Mm -hmm. um do you think it's out of line to ask them to like are you willing to meet with me with someone to to talk about this to try to understand it better if they're like no, I don't think that's out of line to ask at all. And ideally, you have like a midwife or someone who is already working on these things, but that's typically not right. Most of often the case. But sorry, we're kind of ignoring questions. Um, oh, there's one up there. Yeah. Uh, Jessica asked. Um, sh- oh, she should have asked this before she had Elliot, but. Oh, how do you manage the afterbirth oh, pains? Oh, Jessica. They are so bad, aren't they? More babies. It is. Rough yeah. afterbirth. Yeah. The more babies um, are definitely... I feel like... I think it was after Reuben that I said, like, can I get the epidural now? Right. Like, mm-hmm. because that's when it's it's rough. I yeah. use after ease tincture a lot. Like, I just... I use that and I... I've only I don't know what was different about Archer's birth that I never needed ibuprofen. Oh. I really didn't have that bad of afterbirth pains with him, which is really oh. strange because it's not like Yeah. When he was my sixth delivery and you would anyway. But um I definitely as much as I really don't like to take ibuprofen, I I don't typically yeah. get through the first I do of that days after ease and then I always am taking Arnica too just to help with like bruising and swelling not that that's afterbirth pains but just all tailbone pain hip pain all of those things so those are like the three things that i'm usually always taking postpartum yeah but um, heat packs heat packs yeah for sure Okay, so we look like idiots trying to read. That's all right. Everybody who does lives looks like this. Okay, there we go. All right. I wish we could learn these things early on and not when we're at the end of bearing children. Yeah. You probably have a few more (laughs) childbearing years. Only the Lord knows that. Um, Where are the older, wiser women that should have told us these things? I mean, that's the thing. I think that at least from the experience I have of like the generation before me, what was, I think, very much the start of the like, do it yourself and like. I do think there was some difference in the idea of 
I think the generation before us was a generation that really went went to having like two kids. Yes, for sure. And yeah. not that that means you shouldn't be doing taking care of yourself postpartum, but I do think that when you have fewer kids and they're spaced out more or whatever, um, there's just less demand on you, so it's easier to not. It's easier to kind of rest for those first couple and not have to have it. I don't know. I'm, I'm not being very clear here, but there's a difference in the demand of like what needs to take place in your house and what's gone on in your body. Yes, is not as much as if you're not to on say your... that having your first baby or your second baby is no. a demand on your body. No, it definitely it is. is. But um, and I think you know sometimes I. I think, oh, should we talk about that again? We've already talked about that before. But some of these, one of the reasons I didn't mind bringing up this topic again, again and again and again and again is because it doesn't get talked about mm-hmm. very much at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we're we wondering where were the people to tell us and to right. help us yeah. know how important it is to take care of your body. Yeah. And I... I think for me, I didn't do as bad of a job resting as Danny did, but that was only because my body was broken more. It felt... But, and that's the thing, is that you were forced into resting. Right. But because your mindset wasn't like, let's intentionally do this resting postpartum time, it really wasn't helpful for you in the sense of it kind of made you feel like I just want to get back to life already yes and resentful of the fact that you're in bed yes and guilty and I felt guilty that like and I think that Tim and I didn't have clear expectations of it so then I'm feeling bad it was like another day I had to stay in bed and I can't help him and yeah yeah there was all of that this time and so I think you stayed in bed the same but not quite the same but yeah but it was different. Yes, it was very much different. I think, yeah, after Sayla's birth was, I was forced to have a longer recovery because of how I tore and the healing that needed to take place from that. Um, but it was around my fourth with Calvary that I really shifted a little bit more in my thinking, but it really wasn't until Arrow that it shifted the most. But Ultimately, I think the most planning and preparation went into Ruben's birth for my postpartum time, and it was definitely the best. Right, I think time. you had had a big shift happen before Arrow, but there still wasn't a lot of that, like making the plan. Yes, and there wasn't and time so for Tim it, and I to like communicate it so well. Then it was really frustrating because you're wanting, you have like an idea kind of in your head yes. what you're wanting, but none of it is being facilitated because because it's just not easy to just right. It, I think when you think about your birth and um, other things, so think about having like a birthday party for one of your kids. You you like plan for it. Oh, there's my cousin. I don't know why every time I hit to like see more, it's super. Okay, you uh, you Ooh. keep talking and I'll try to. Okay. Um. Anyway, we put planning into our births. We put planning into events and parties and different times we put planning into holidays we we get kind of a an idea of what we're going to do for all these different things but the postpartum time just isn't one that you just don't hear a lot of like so what are you planning to do in your postpartum time like how do you how are you preparing for that whether that means i mean it might mean saving up money to hire someone to be able to do postpartum massage or it might mean that you just are preparing what foods you're going to have ready or um I don't know but along with that comes also something we've been talking about late a lot lately is that there's some amount of planning and preparation that Mm -hmm. goes into it for sure yeah it helps it to go smoother but there's also I think something we've both had to learn um, is that there's a level of having to lower your expectations a little bit during that. For sure. And that it's okay if 
things aren't that that it's okay to have a transition time yes and And it's okay that your house isn't run exactly like it's run when you're like in the peak of life there's okay for extras i mean again i can't give you permission to like have your kids have extra screen time that's something you have to come up with with your husband not screen time maybe it's like snacks that you wouldn't buy them stickers and they're getting stickers every all over everything but it's okay to have it not be like but that's where again you have to work this out with your husband of like what things you guys can come up with of a plan together but to figure out understanding that it's it is a transition time and it isn't life as usual time and it's okay to plan that way and prepare that way and make exceptions that way and yeah it's okay to ask for help but it's also okay to just not need things to be quite up to par right um your friend kate who i now friends with I know. I you. She said, Abby, do you still offer doula services or do you both have a package text consultant for dueling, doulaing via distance? <laughs> um, We're unofficial birth nerds. Yeah, I don't I don't attend births for people I don't know anymore. Um, but right. I just attend births for friends, assuming that not all my friends are do the same month. <laughs> and we're very uh, open, non-committal. Like we're we're like a package deal that we're like we're happy to come and support you if it works out in our so life. So if you when really you call. <laughs> feel like strongly that you really need a person that you know is going to be there probably don't ask for us yes and we don't know which one of us would come or not come or both or neither i think in all of the births where someone has asked for if both of us could come we've made it both of us Mm -hmm. i think yeah so um yeah it's always worked out how it's God has worked to. out some crazy... I mean, we've attended births, the both of us, together when our babies... Different babies, but we're like four months old. Mine yeah. was like four months old, and God just worked out timing. So we won't ever like say we know we for sure can be there, but... We like to be... We love birth. to support women in their births. we're able so. to. And I love that she also said, is that one of your babies making noise or mine? I think it was your... I think it was Paxton crying. Yeah, he's out there. Yeah. Is this your cousin? Yeah, she wants to... We're still trying to figure out how to... Sorry. We have another friend that lives in Minnesota. Hi, Nikki. She wants to share some some birth stories or just her, her one birth story. Yes. I think we need to we need to so work we're on gonna, we want to figure that out before we just we feel like that needs more time than 5 seconds before we press record. So which is usually the amount of time we dedicate to this. But I think it would be good to do more birth stories and hear more about people's experiences and Isn't there a way to like do live and invite people oh, or something. I don't know. I don't really know. We don't know what we're doing. I think we make that clear in all of these episodes. <laughs> but this is like a new level of we don't we don't know video. We I mean Yeah. Here we are. Yeah. Looking all shady and we're dressed. You can see that our lighting is really on point. We really worked on that. Uh-huh. Hard. <laughs> <laughs> also, we did we did focus it. Your hand is. I know. Okay. My hand is in the way. We we had it like really up. Okay. I was trying to show them how badly we had it with the fan. The fan is off, but the the air conditioner blows the fan around. So at first the fan was in the picture, and that was really distracting. Oh, is it your friend Charity? Mm-hmm. That. She said that it was really hard after her loss of her baby, Ezra, that people had forgotten that she had just had a baby because she didn't have the baby in her arms. So that was probably also incredibly challenging for you, but also how other people were reacting to that, too. Yeah, that's it's like, what do you do? How do you how do you do this? Right. Um, I think it's so hard. You see all kinds of articles and things that different people from their experiences have listed out, like the 10 things you never want to say, the 10 things you always need to do, the, 
whatever when someone's experienced loss. And Mm -hmm. the reality is that different people handle it different ways. And so you don't always just, you can't always just follow this step-by-step thing. But I think it's important for us to be prayerful and intentional Mm -hmm. and not be afraid to reach out, even if it's uncomfortable. Right. I think that's the, I mean, this happens, I think, with miscarriage too, with um, loss, with um, any of those types of things. People just don't know how to like act. And Mm -hmm. so then they just default. I know I've done this definitely of defaulting to just like, well, I'm just not going to say anything. I'll just pray for them. Right. And like, well, they probably have other people around them yeah, who are helping them. Yeah. So what would we say back to postpartum is like, do you have like a practical example of like, what would be a good idea of how you can rest? Well, kind of our, the thing that one of our friends introduced to us Mm -hmm. and is a really helpful guideline. I still don't know how like 100% set on it I am, but it's it definitely helps to give a, a base guideline for things if possible is the 555 rule. Mm-hmm. So it's 5 days in your bed, 5 days on your bed and 5 days around your bed and kind of staying m- made like the majority of the time in your room for that whole time. Okay, so let's talk about the five days in your bed. What does that mean? Five days in your bed means a lot of... You're getting up to use the bathroom Mm -hmm. and going back to your bed. And you're with your baby and you're... Are you joining the family for meals at the kitchen table? No. Are you getting up and folding a quick load of laundry? Definitely not that. See, and that's where you asked if we're up and joining meals with the family at the table. I feel like five days in the bed, only the person who's had the baby knows. Mm -hmm. Like, it really might be more beneficial for them on the dinner of night four. Right. To get out of their bed for a half an hour and go eat dinner at the table. So it's these aren't like hard and fast rules. Right. But it's just to give. But it is like the mindset is you're. You're resting, you're, right. you're napping with the baby, you're focusing on... I mean, remember we said that your milk doesn't usually come in until... Day three-ish. You know, 72 right. hours. So you're getting used to that, you're maybe taking sits baths, you're... Yeah, I mean, your body changes and your baby changes so much in those first few days. Yeah. Um, so then five days on your bed means what? At that point, you're able to be doing more like your bed is made you're like sitting on your bed maybe you're still paying some bills on your computer that your husband brought to you yeah um you know the kids come in and read them books you can do that when you're in your bed too um it's a little more loose uh, but still the majority of your time is on, on your bed. And then around your bed is still trying to stay, meaning like you're still staying close to your bed. You're still wanting to make sure you have... You're still spending the, a lot of time resting. Yes. And not like jumping back into like the full swing of things in life. Um, I feel like it's always funny when we like are like, oh, there's a question. Hold on. Um, let's stop our thought. You know. Okay. Um, so I very much understand that there's a lot of people who would say well I can't that's two weeks in my room I can't do that right like that's not possible yeah and that may be true mm-hmm. um I've known people who instead of it being in their bed they decide it's going to be on their couch and they're really intentional but it's making sure I know for me and for many women and why this is kind of the rule is you you get up to go take your dishes out to the sink real quick. And then you realize that the kids didn't fill the dog's water when they were supposed to, and the dog needs water. And so you get water for the dog. And then... And then you see that pile of laundry sitting there that, like, well, I could just bring it back and fold it. Yeah. I mean, it's just really easy to... So you either do the things or you're left looking at them and feeling frustrated like that you Nothing's aren't... getting done right. out there. And... Right. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So, um, I think you can have a plan that it's like, you know, the first two weeks we're going to do majority of couch time. Mm-hmm. I don't, I think it's so easy because we are practical, like you said, to like suggest the five, five, five rule. And then it's like, well, that's not practical for me. I can't do that. So I'm just going to so, go to Costco four days postpartum. <laughs> but you can figure out some way to implement. Mm-hmm. Like, I really, really need to take it easy those first few days. Right. And that might mean lining up help that's not your husband if he's not able to be home with right. you. Um, it might mean just being really prepared with what food you have lined out, like exactly. Like there's, you can make freezer meals, but you can also have it to the extent that you're like, I know exactly what my first four days postpartum meals are going to be for my family Mm -hmm. so that someone else can help facilitate that or whatever. Or so that you can facilitate that at the lowest possible work and effort like Mm -hmm. needed. Right. Um, You know, even when you have little kids, like if you like teach your teach your three year old now during pregnancy, how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, like practice that with them. It's not impossible for them to do. Mm -hmm. And so be prepared so that then when it is time, like even if your husband has to go to work and you're left with your three-year-old and your baby, you can say, can you leave the peanut butter and jelly stuff down? And you've like gone through that time of training them ahead of Mm -hmm. time. Like there's it, but again, it takes thoughtfulness. It takes thought of your life, Mm -hmm. thought of your circumstances and Mm -hmm. planning. Yeah. And it should be planning that you're starting when you find out you're pregnant. Right. For sure. So that's the part that nobody's really usually asking. Like, Jordan said that she also implemented the 555 rule with baby number four, and it made the world of difference. Um, it's hard. It's hard to implement that when you're... I feel like, again, I just had my sixth baby, and it was the first time that I feel like we got a good groove. But even that, I feel like I'm, there's still things I would do differently mm-hmm. next postpartum period. So, yeah, it's definitely uh, takes a lot of planning and preparing. And Charity said seven babies here. And this is the first I've heard of the 555. 41 here. But if I'm blessed with another baby, you can bet I'll be pushing for that. And I think another thing that for me is always really helpful is that it can feel, you can feel like I'm being so selfish. I'm, I'm like taking myself away and my help away from the family and I'm making them do all these things for me. But I know from Mm -hmm. my experience of the last two times that I've actually have worked hard for doing this Mm -hmm. and my family has put in the effort and worked hard. Yeah. It definitely there's a blessing that is reaped in the weeks after mm-hmm. that. Like it's, I get back to things much more slowly, but as mm-hmm. I do, I'm in a much better frame of mind and yeah, it just, I think that it's worth the effort for them to put into. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I remember this time it felt like kind of a, game that Tim did with the kids of like he would had this like tray that he would bring me my meals on and it was how can they like line things up in a really pretty way or add a card to it or at like put my food on a plate in a really nice way or like in I think that the Tim really involved the kids in like seeing how they could like serve me which was really sweet but also the amount of like one-on-one time I got with my kids was way more than any of my other postpartum times because the other times I'm like barely hanging on like frantically but I feel like each of my kids would come in and have like well that's another thing that we've found with having a lot more kids and um that having times where they can come in individually yes is really really helpful because 
it feels so overwhelming when multiple kids are coming in and all getting on the bed and jumping around and you feel yes. guilty because you want to see them and you know they want to see and you. And you've and missed you know them, that- but it's also like, I can't, you're bumping the baby. I'm trying to let them relax. And I, that is like super overwhelming to me. Yeah. But and this so- time we definitely tried to have it be like, okay, I would like text him and be like, why don't you send in Cade for 20 minutes and he'd bring a book or he'd just come in and we'd talk and hold the baby and he'd get time to bond with just him and the baby without a bunch of kids fighting over him and then when there was like a different period later on in the day when I felt like it was a good the baby just ate I felt fine I'd text him again and say like why don't you send in Graceland now and she'd come in like it just was a really great way to, for them to bond with the baby but for me to also get time with them and um, it was a, it was a really really special time it was probably one of my favorite parts of my postpartum period yeah. this time so yeah yeah so uh food postpartum one of the biggest things that i feel like we could do a whole i know but i feel like just even a quick little thing would be helpful in the one the biggest tip that i like walked away from now my Mm -hmm. eighth postpartum time was we had we had meals brought to us it was wonderful and great you had meals in the freezer yes I had you helping with meals. Not really this time. Melissa. (laughs) I had a baby too. Yeah. But the one thing that I realized was that oftentimes the things that my family was eating were not the best things for me to be eating and feel to feel good. Mm -hmm. Um, I've really shifted in. I'd still say that there's still some amount of me that will probably always let myself have some amount of like special foods and treats and things that might be like desserts and things like that during my postpartum time but overall I don't want to just eat junk and whatever I want because I it makes me not feel well Mm -hmm. um right but it's like I don't expect my whole family to eat like kale salad and not even that like but like turmeric soup Mm -hmm. and like bone broth and right like um i mean if you are one of those families that that is your normal staple diet (laughs) i applaud you and that is awesome but i think i want to be fine with like my kids having macaroni and cheese and hot dogs and because that's what chip is out there like making them but now suddenly it's time for me to have lunch and yeah i'm like oh macaroni and cheese and hot dogs are not what would right. be good for me right now and um so I just I didn't do a good job planning especially even if I thought of like oh I'll make this healthy soup I like froze it all as like a soup for my family right and so trying to line up things warm things are actually really good for you yeah for healing even soups if- but freezing them in individual portion sizes Where that you, can, you just can just have chip heat up that bag of soup and yes and right yeah that is definitely a great tip so thinking of because i feel like i had thought of snacks yes i had like a snack basket um, Which in my room great. it was super until you need lunch right and you're like well I don't want more. I'm not going to have them like defrost a whole gallon Ziploc bag of chicken noodle soup. Like, I'm just, I don't want to eat chicken noodle soup every single day for the next 14 days either. Right. Right. So, yes, that I think is a great tip. Yeah. So? All right. I want to hear from you guys and tell us A, any other questions, and B, should we ever do this again? Especially for the people who are going to be listening to this Should later. We've been watching the screen instead of each other. How did you guys feel about that? Do we need? Clearly, we can have some better light. We're like, we're really dark, shadowy. Yeah. And I was sitting really far away. The lighting is better if you get closer. Well, yeah, I think that this was a fun Ooh, experiment. Shout out to Jenny Ba. You were the one that. Told Jordan, told Jordan about the about five, five, five. Mm-hmm. I know Jenny's midwife. <laughs> I know who told her to do that. It's true. Okay. Well. Anything thanks else? For, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. This is fun. Yeah. 
I don't know if our episode was cohesive at all. With we Brandon. were kind of jumping around, but I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> to act like we usually have things planned out. The and fact that we even around. had a topic that we know, knew that we were going to talk about ahead planned. of time. Especially after last episode, we, we left them with low expectations. We so. did. And we ha- still have yet to release our first vlog video. But that- if anything, hopefully they just can tell how genuine and transparent we are. <laughs> this is like, we don't do special things. <laughs> no. See, this is like our uh, janky music stand. Yeah, to hold up our... We're very professional here. We're we're in Tim's office, where it's... <laughs> oh, 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 I forgot we're still on that. <laughs> <laughs> She's showing the live people. She's zooming it around. I'm also holding this awkward stand, trying to show you guys these things and... Anyway, well, we should just... We should just end while we're ahead. All right, look, your chair is signing us off. Oh. It signed us on last episode, so... It does better when it's signing off. <laughs> All right, bye. All right, see ya.